Welcome to the Ray Show Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Ray, and I hope everybody's having a good November. We took a couple of weeks off after the Mastodon interview, so I hope everyone's having a uh, nice holiday and getting to see family and friends and staying safe and healthy, healthy and all that good stuff. Well, today on the show, we've got an Athens original here, uh, Sloan Simpson, who has a new record called System Update that you will be hearing about uh, in the near future. Uh, Sloan is a uh, much-beloved uh, fixture of uh, the Athens artistic community, um, recording bands, and now making music. So we're going to chat with him about all things Sloan. So uh, before we get going, I just want to thank everybody for the excellent and, and, and sweet uh um, response to the Mastodon interview. Got a lot of great messages and everything. Um, we've been trying to get Braun on for a long time, so it's good to finally sit down with him. Um, also, this week, we have coming up at the lab at Cine, the mighty She-He-He will be returning. Um, so it's a new era here at the lab at Cine here in Athens, Georgia. Beautiful downtown Athens, Georgia. So uh, make sure you, uh, you, you come out to that if you're in the area. I know the tickets are going quick, uh, but you can go to AthensCine.com and you will be uh, hooked right up. So uh, without further ado, let's get to my chat with Mr. Sloan Simpson. Welcome, everyone, to the Ratio Podcast. Uh, we actually have co-host Jackie Slayton here in the uh, studio tonight here at Ratio HQ, if we can be so bold. How you doing, Jack? I'm just fine. All right, good to hear, man. But man, we got a really special episode tonight. Really cool interview. Really cool chat with my friend Sloan Simpson. How you doing, Sloan? I'm great. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, man, thanks for doing this. He's got a new record coming out called System Update that we're gonna talk about, and uh, just just an amazing fucking record, you know. Uh, that I can't wait to uh, to discuss with you. But, uh, you know, I first met you, you were documenting the Athens scene here in town and and, and taping shows. Uh, take, take me back. How did you get into music, and, and were you a documenter or were you a musician all along? So um, it's kind of a funny story. I played guitar in high school and college, and got kind of frustrated and gave it up in uh, about 1994. I sold all my guitars. Um, started recording shows uh, in 99 uh, when I moved to Atlanta. And um, started driving to Athens and recording shows frequently around uh, 2002 and 2003. Um, but did not, did not play music at all. Um, again until fall of 2020 when the Caledonia Lounge closed. Um, 
it never occurred to me, but I was spending, I mean, it never occurred to me to make music, but I was spending a lot of time uh, mixing and mastering my recordings as, as a way to pass the time in the evenings. And when the Caledonia shut down, um, it was about the time I ran out of my backlog of unmixed recordings <laughs> from before everything shut down. And um, I didn't have anything to do. And um, so I started out, uh, I actually was mixing a song of a friend's that was kind of an ambient piece. And I said, hey, do you mind if I add some synthesizer to this? And he said, sure. Of course, I didn't have a synthesizer. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I just found a free synth plug-in and played around using my actual laptop keyboard to play it. And I was like, well, this, not, this is not going to work. Um, so bef before you know it, I had bought a, a MIDI controller uh, and then bought some synth plugins to mess around with my friend's song and then decided, well, I've got this. I might as well write a, you know, write a song of my own just for kicks. I'll write one song. Did that and then another song and then... I think now I'm at maybe 15 or 16 songs like a year, yeah. a year later. Well, okay, when you so let's go back. You said you got out of music for for uh the frustrations. What were the were they the everyday frustrations or were there was there anything? It was um I was playing in kind of a of an avant-garde uh rock band um with uh some people i love a lot and it was fun but it was not really what i wanted to do what I, I was really into jam bands and i wanted to play like those guys and i couldn't play like that and that was the biggest frustration i could not um i could not play i could not flow in a, in a jam band style and that's what i wanted to do at that time uh, i wanted to do that and i wanted to play jazz and i didn't have the discipline to get good at either one of them um and so i just you know, when I would need some money, I'd sell a guitar, before, you know, because I had quit playing all of them. And after a while, I didn't have any guitars left. <laughs> now, what what about jam bands to you? What was what was what turned you on with that? What was and no judgment here? Oh, know, yeah. For some people, we, we have no rules here. We like. Oh, yeah. Everybody. I mean, I. um, I listened to the Grateful Dead a little bit in high school and then. um. Uh, when I graduated from high school and got to college and, and met a couple couple brothers who were lifelong friends who were, were in that band with me, uh, they introduced me to Widespread Panic and, and a lot more of Grateful Dead. And, um, you know, I listened to some other things, but I really focused on jam band music at that time. And um, that that was where my head was through the majority of the 90s. And... Sometime around the end of 2001, the beginning of 2002, it was almost like I just woke up one day and said to myself, I don't want to hear jams anymore. My, I just had a complete shift in my taste. Um, and I didn't, you know, there were, you know, and I still like the Grateful Dead and I never stopped liking them, but I certainly stopped listening to them nearly as much as I had up to that point. And um, this kind of, kind of coincided with... Um, it was a big widespread panic fan. Uh, Michael Hauser passed away and that kind of changed th that for me. It changed the sound of that band. This was at the same time that I didn't really care as much to hear people improvise. And at the same time, um, I had just started seeing drive-by truckers. Um, this was early 2002 uh, when I was living in Atlanta. 
and over the next handful of years going to see and record them and uh, Patterson Hood's solo projects and seeing the bands that open with them that open for them and the bands that Patterson would discuss not only turned me on to the wider Athens scene but also a lot of um, uh, I was just exposure to indie rock in general that I had missed out on while everybody else was listening to Pavement and I was, you know, still listening to the Jerry Garcia band. Right, right. Well, it, you know, I, I'm still into the Grateful Dead and I, I still like widespread panic. You know, it's just, I think the thing that I always get, I think one of the reasons it gets a bad name is you ask somebody, you know, the bands they're into and they'll only name a few bands right. and then they'll say something like, oh, I've got a thousand hours of the dead. And I'm like, are you ever going to listen to all that shit? <laughs> I mean, and, you know, YouTube kind of, you know, if I have a song, like, you take High Time or something like that. I'll take that song and I'll look it up on YouTube and there's all the versions I need, yeah. you know, but. Well, I've, I've gotten back to where I enjoy it now again. Um, but any kind of music for me, if, if I'm listening to one thing too much, that's not good. That's not good for me. And, um. So now I, I can enjoy it because it's in balance with a lot of other kinds of music. Well, you know, jumping ahead, you know, you obviously don't listen to one kind of music, just hearing these songs. And, you know, System Update is the first song that we heard. And I think I mentioned, you know, to you, it's so weird and good in the best way. Was that what was the first song you composed for this record that kind of uh, what was the first one you did chronologically? If you can, I, you know, I'd have to check. I, I, I actually have all the the original sessions on a hard drive that I could look, but I think System Update was probably the first. Um, certainly, it was early. Uh, if, if not the first, it was one of the first couple. Right, and it's it's so different from what what I was expecting to hear, and and as you're going along and doing this, you 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 collected an amazing array of guests to bring these songs to life is there anybody anybody's participation you know i mean you, you were just talking about the truckers you know patterson hoods on this record and and dave barbie and and so many talented people here in this town it's such a beautiful record that really exemplifies this town in so many ways you know is there any of those those collaborations that really stick out to you as as wow we're on the right track here all of them really i mean um, but what, you know, musically, they're all, they're all really important. It's all, um, people who, um, whose music I recorded, you know, whose live shows I recorded. And that's how I know everybody who plays on the record. That's how I know them. Um, some of them going back years and years, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, I, I started seeing the truckers and Patterson hood in 2002, which is, you know, coming up on two decades now. Um, uh, the late Danny Hutchins is on the record. Uh, he, I first saw him in 1994 and have seen uh, Blood Ken and solo Danny Hutchins shows ever since. So um, deep history with with most of the folks on there and, and all of them are um, just musicians I admire from groups that I admire. Uh, and really uh, not so much for, for musical reasons, but um, my spiritual guidance on this has come from Robert Schneider, who, from Apples and Stereo, who was the first person to 
sign on. Um, and this would have been probably November 2020. I, I uh, you know, we, we we're friends and chat once in a while, and I said, hey, I've been writing a couple songs, and would you put backing vocals on one for me? And he said, of course. And he, um, it, it took us a while to, this was, you know, pre-vaccines. Uh, he didn't have his home recording set up going. So it was a while before we actually got it going. But he he signed on first, and so then, I, and I don't really remember the order of who I spoke with after that, but then, you know, the next person I was able to say, Hey, would you be interested in putting some guitar on this? I've got Robert Schneider working on this with me. <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> and so as it went on, I would say, "Hey, man, Patterson Hood and David Barbie and Robert Schneider are on this." Would you, you know? And, and it, uh, you know, nobody was. It, it sounded like a great. It's party, like a so meal nobody, that nobody just wanted keeps to getting say better, no. better. You know, like a party. You know. Um, well, I mean, that's got to be special, and and being someone that recorded all these people, and and watch their shows and watch that development i mean you have to pick up that that i guess hiatus you had from music creating it i i, I feel like that was uh, you know helpful for you for you to, to be able to visualize these kind of songs and put them together i don't know what kind of musician you were then but how do how do you feel like that distance that time that that time expanse do you think you learned a lot during that time that you brought to this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this part of the reason, um, you know, you mentioned being kind of surprised at the song system update and, and that's, that's why it's first on the record is because it is a surprise, but then there's more of a surprise when you find out that the other songs on the record are pretty stylistically different, not only from it, but from each other. Um, I really think that is all because this was me learning how, both to write a song and to produce a song. Um, and it was most of the songs on the record, I kind of started off with a goal. And I'm not too proud to say that the goal was usually, I want to write uh, a song that sounds like such and such band. Um, but what what worked in my favor is that I missed by a lot in every, <laughs> in every time, every circumstance. Um, and I think they're far enough off that I can, that I'm not, I don't mind saying a couple of them, which are that uh, with System Update, I was trying to write something that sounded like a Talking Heads groove. Oh, I can, t I can totally hear that. I mean, there's a little bit of it left, but it's, um, it, it, what came out is not, I hadn't, all of these songs came out um, as, a, as big a surprise to me as to anyone. Uh, they, I didn't hear at the beginning anything like what the finished song sounds like that's that's so amazing um, I, I mean that you know system update that song sounds like it sounds like uh, a scott walker song off the walker brothers album night flights it sounds like something like that it's that unique it's like but it's fresh sounding and i just love the idea of you saying learning how to do it you know it brings something out it's like you you, you just you're going along and, and, and trying to make it the best you can. But, you know, I've heard the Stones and other bands say they, they shoot for that. They they say, hey, I want to do a song that sounds like this band or so I dig this artist, you know. And uh, being able to have some of the artists on the actual record that, I, that you were shooting for, you know. Um, but, you know, something like you take something, a song like Anxiety, okay. That's another song off this record. And it, it 
goes down, it faces a very serious subject, but I feel like almost in a comforting, I mean, very fresh and, and breezy way. Uh, tell me a little about that song. Honestly, I really just kind of thought it was funny to give it an upbeat yes. <laughs> dancing back, yeah. uh, backing. Uh, when I was, um, yeah, about I think 20 years old, um, some friends and I went on a road trip to, to Washington, D.C. to sightsee, and uh, we decided to hang out until we ran out of money, which was faster than, than we would have expected, you know how it goes. And um, we drove back overnight. We left Washington at, I don't know, midnight or something like that. Um, whatever time it was we left, it was nearly sunrise when uh, my buddy who was driving my car flipped it, fell asleep at the wheel and flipped it into the median um, just before Lake Hartwell coming back into Georgia, uh, just before the median ran out actually. And um, I woke up, uh, I was asleep in the passenger seat uh, with this on my side, turned turn sideways in the seat, which is not how you should be. Uh, I had a seatbelt on and because of being turned on my side, the seatbelt pushed me into the uh, seat and broke my collarbone. We landed upside down. Uh, somebody did get us out. I mean, other than the broken collarbone, we were fine, but um, had that was the start of, you know, over two decades of anxiety and depression. And specifically, I mentioned in the song, um, I imagine the car flying off the road. I have ever since uh, when I drive. It's, it, I imagine it much more vividly if someone else drives, <laughs> which is why I don't really get in a car with other people very often. But, um, and it, it kind of spreads. I mentioned some other things in the song, like, uh, you know, pulse shoots up when the phone or the doorbell rings, you know, it's, so it's, you know, and it's, I don't want to, it's not, it's, it sounds dire, but that's, uh, it's also funny and it's also one of those parts of life. That's why I put it. Yeah. Yeah. To kind it's of a cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I can see why you wouldn't get that's, that's a very, you know, I, I suffer from, I've suffered from anxiety for most of my adult life. Um, and it's, it can be a, a difficult thing, but let's get back to, you said you were in Atlanta. How did you end up in Athens? Um, I, well, when I started seeing the drive-by truckers, I was already, um, I was already seeing uh, Vic Chestnut and Barbecue and uh, Kevin Kenny's various groups and would travel up here for, for them. But as I saw the truckers more often, you know, I would see uh, folks who were opening for them or, or are hanging out at their shows like Southern Bitch. Um, I'm gonna draw a big blank. I should know a lot more. I, I should be able to reel off a lot more stuff. But Lona and um, you know other bands of the scene. And, and and instead of coming up just when Patterson played, then I would start coming up every time Lona played too, and every time Southern Bitch played too. And it just sort of expanded to where I was um, driving to Athens two, three, four times a week, depending on what was coming up. I had a job in in Atlanta. Uh, I would get off work there, go home and, and nap for a couple hours, head to Athens, do the show, get home at four in the morning, do it again. And then this, you know, this was, uh, 
little, almost 20 years ago. So my body was able to handle it a lot more than it would be able to. Oh, yeah. I was in the th- just about the same position <laughs> as you, man. I was doing the same thing. Um, so in 2009, uh, when the economy changed a little, uh, I got laid off and everybody I knew was in Athens. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I, I enjoyed Atlanta to a degree, but, um, socially I wanted to be here to hang out with all my people. Several of my friends from it, from Atlanta had moved to Athens already. So, um, and I, you know, I didn't socialize in Atlanta. I was spending all my time here. So, uh, I moved. Yeah, that's that's kind of my story too. Uh, we'll get back to the record, you know, something like uh, a, a Cleopatra Echo, you know, that's one I've been really digging. Um, and and love you so good. That's as good of a fucking song as ever written, man. I mean, you Thank should you. really be proud of this. And and you. what's your uh, what's your idea? Do you wanna do you wanna play any of these songs out? Uh, no, in fact. Um, <laughs> <laughs> When I made um, when I made the the Facebook page, and you know, actually, we haven't mentioned that um, yet. And this is probably a good time to mention that I'm calling the project Sloan Brothers, um, right which on. is which is sort of a takeoff on this joke about it actually being a solo project and naming it like it's multiple people and possibly even actual brothers. Um, and also, when I first picked the name, it was just for that first single, and it was just me and Kevin Sweeney. Um, but anyway, when I first made the Facebook page for, for the Sloan Brothers, uh, for the artist page, I put in the description, no live shows ever. Um, I So the, the problem with taking 25 years off from playing music is your chops are, like, unbelievably bad. Right. And... Um, and so I'm doing things also that I didn't do before. Like I, you know, I took guitar lessons for years and I played in bands. So you could say I play guitar, um, which means there's a bass laying around at practice. And so you play a little bit of bass too if you play guitar. I never did any singing into a microphone or in front of, you know, I still haven't sung in front of other people, but I've never, <laughs> other than Robert Schneider. Um, but, uh, I'd never done any singing before, but I mean, if you're going to write songs that have lyrics, somebody's got to sing them. And, um, and you can hear them better than anybody if you're writing them. Yeah, you know, you know how you want them to sound. And, uh, you know, I could always do that as a demo and have somebody re-record the vocals later. But but anyway, we'll get to later. We'll, we'll talk about my vocals in a little bit. But, um, yeah, so the, the guitar chops are rough. Uh, I, lead guitar, I'm pretty comfortable with. Rhythm guitar is pretty sloppy, and um, my secret is that I I just like doing doing things uh, in a recording scenario because I can do them over until I get them right, or I can clean them up, or I can splice together multiple takes or whatever. But um, the things that I like, the things that I set out to do on this album, and the things that I like about this album are. Um, arranging type things and um, density and it's really it can't be pulled off live anyway in in a way that would satisfy me uh, in the same way that the record does and um, I just don't have any desire <laughs> to do it uh, I don't play the synthesizer stuff I, I work I really enjoy and and I can talk to you about why that was actually the mental break. I mean, a, a, a breakthrough mentally that was allowing me 
that allowed me to start writing songs. Well, let me go ahead and just mention, um, having no training in synthesizer and not much experience meant that I can sit down and play something that I hear in my head on synthesizer. Whereas on guitar, um, I've played guitar since I was 15. So when I pick up a guitar, on some level, I'm going to play the same stuff I've played since I was 15. Uh, it's, it's muscle memory and knowing the scales and knowing the chords, but I don't know this. I mean, I can pick out scales and chords on a keyboard, but I don't, I don't have that memory and it's really freeing. Um, so I can imagine a song and, and play it by ear on the keyboard, but I can't do that in front of people. And I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, that sounds super freeing, like, you know, being able to come at, I always wanted to play piano. I mean, being able to come to it later, I mean, my gosh, I mean, do you think your guitar background helps you with that? Just that, that whole? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know the, I know enough music theory um, from having played guitar to, you know, it's certainly easier for me to pick it out on, on the keyboard versus someone who doesn't have that experience because I know I know what the notes are I know what the notes in the chords should be because of my music theory experience and because of the guitar experience I just have to look at the keyboard for a second and find the keys versus a trained keyboard player who you know is is going to immediately jump to those notes um but yeah and it's actually helped my guitar playing too because it it taught me when I was making this record and, and having to think about what I wanted the keyboard parts to sound like, I thought, well, that's working great for the keyboard. I need to do that for the guitar too. And instead of just hitting record and trying, to, you know, I've always thought it's rock and roll. You should just improvise your solos. And I, you know, I know a lot of great players have improvised great solos, but um, all of the playing that I've, done on this record and the stuff I've recorded since that I like the best is things that I that I thought up at least a portion of before I hit record and I was like wow that's a better way to do it um, and I, I feel like um, the playing is a lot more melodic and lyrical and less of me trying to play the patterns that I learned in uh, Guitar for the Practicing Musician in 1989 right 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 now, now, when did you, now have you, is this you, you mentioned your voice earlier, is this, have you been singing your whole life, or has this just been recent? Never sung, never. Really? I mean, I've sung in the car. Right, right. Yeah, but no. And I have, um, I mean, it's, it's difficult for me, and I feel like my voice is in kind of a weird range. There's a few things on the album that, um, that I sing in a low voice, and it's, it's a weird thing. It's weird to write for. It feels weird to, <laughs> to sing like that. <laughs> Physically, just feels strange. Um, you either have to um, do just very tiny bit of vibrato or none at all, or else you sound like you're doing a lounge thing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, v vibrato just terrifies me. I mean, it's you know. Yeah. So honestly, I think one of the things I learned from. Uh, doing the LP is that while I like those songs on the LP and I'm proud of them going forward, I'd rather, I'd rather not sing in the lower voice. And, um, the things I've been working on since then, you know, I've been a little more conscious of right. what keys I'm writing in. 
So yeah, yeah, and th- when you take something like that, it's it's like when um, or Josh Homme talking about on one of those Queens of the Stone Age records that had all that kind of falsetto stuff in it. He's like, "This is what the song entails," and I remember he called a friend. He's like, "Will you fucking listen to this and see if I'm like way off base here?" I mean, now did you have anyone in that kind of capacity that was bouncing off uh, things with uh, that you were playing these songs for? I did, but they were all yes men. <laughs> there was, I mean, you know, I, I have a handful of people that I would play like in my in progress ideas for, and nobody is, uh, none of them were going to be critical about it. <laughs> Nobody's going to be like, this is shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, but now, you know, I kind of, I kind of le- learned on my own, like what I, the things I like more and the things I like less than others. Um, so the the thing with the vocals is that um like I said no no experience with that um <laughs> not being my main focus I don't practice it so really the only time I sing is when I'm recording my vocals when you're getting it out yes and that means that they're out of tune um I have I can what I consider to be good pitch right. a good ear but I don't have good breath support um, I don't have, and I don't have experience and, and I don't practice. So what I, <laughs> what, what I do have is pitch correction software. Yes. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I, it's controversial and I, I have some friends who I've worked with. They were like, I have a buddy who I mix for and he was like, could you do this, but don't do the, don't use the pitch correction. I was like, sure, that's fine. <laughs> but, um, in my case, it's a win for everybody. Um, nobody wants to hear nobody wants to hear me sing out of tune and um and you know i know the pitch i intended because i could hear it in my head at the time uh it just it's not coming across through the microphone (laughs) like that yeah but um if i can fix it and uh nobody but me knows which particular words like pitch corrected i think it's whatever serves the song um i'm not i'm not gonna have like an ego issue about my vocals because I don't consider myself a singer in the first place. I'm just somebody who is singing, <laughs> you know. Right, I mean? right, right. So it's it's I don't I don't have to feel precious about it. Um, for the same reason, I don't. Um, if I if I play a, a synth part, it's all my synth stuff is MIDI. And if I play a bad note, but the feeling was good, I'm going to take that bad note out or move it to the right pitch or whatever. Um, right, right. So. Um, oh, I suspect people may have done that from time to time yeah. down through the years. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just, I just embrace it, and honestly, like, I, I kind of enjoy. It's not, not that it's trickery, but you know, um, I feel like you're. It's a little, a little tiny skill accomplishment each time you do something that makes the whole product better. Uh, can we cut out me saying product? <laughs> it makes the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it makes the whole thing better. Um, and I don't, again, I don't want to, um, you're serving the song like you, we were talking about earlier, you know, you're, you're trying to make the song the best thing it can be. Yeah. And I feel like what you're doing is like something artistic by, I don't think there's really any trickery. I think it's just more tools at your disposal. And I mean, the finished product is where this comes out at. If, 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 if somebody heard something that they, they didn't feel was on the level, I don't feel like the integrity, the soul, the song 
would come through as well as it does. So it's right there, man. Right. So you got it. Um, now, uh, tell me a little bit about how you're going to, you, how are you releasing this? I know there's a story behind that. And, um, you guys are eventually going to have this out on vinyl, right? Yes. Um, we have not announced the date yet, so I probably should not say, but it's going to be because of the, uh, everybody is releasing vinyl, um, right now. And, um, and because of everything else that's taken a while, it's going to be mid mid 22 when it comes out right. and um but we're gonna start releasing some singles ahead of it and there's like a, a plan and a publicist and all that sort of stuff shit yeah man yeah um so i didn't want to um you know it's an effort to put into it but i didn't want to you know and i'm not thinking not that i'm saying it's the greatest thing in the world but i feel like it's good enough that i didn't want to just um only release it digitally and it fades away. Just and vanish into the ether. Yeah, I mean, because you know how it is. You're bombarded by not just new releases, but amazing new releases, like, constantly. Oh, um, yeah. There's just so much incredible music to listen to. So, um, and, you know, I'm not, um, I, I like vinyl records. I'm not as hardcore into it as a lot of people are, but it is what I grew up on as a kid, and that, um, that to me is the, the realest evidence that I made a record is that it's, it's round and <laughs> you can hold it right. You can hold hand. it. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, man. That, that is the buzz. Uh, now what are you, are you writing or are you planning for your follow up? Are you writing songs right now as we speak? Or are you regathering uh, inspiration to write your next set of songs? I have actually, yeah, I've, I've written several things. Um, since the LP was finished. So the LP wrapped up. I finished my everything on my end in, uh, I want to say, July. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, the Oh Gertie Girl single that I that I put out um, was actually since then. And um, I did a, a Springsteen cover since then. Uh, that doesn't answer your question about writing, but just to, you know, just to do something. And um, I've got... Um, another couple songs that um actually are going to be on a split seven inch with a i will say a um what's a good way to put this a uh, long time athens i mean sorry long time atlanta label um it'll be announced soon but anyway it's a split seven inch between my sloan brothers uh project and another band that is actually mine also <laughs> Right on. Uh, which is called Obligatory Refractions. And this is um, my psychedelic collaboration project with Robert Schneider. So, so Robert has worked with me on some of the Sloan Brothers stuff, but that's that's me writing and, and him singing or playing an instrument, whereas we're actually, uh, you know, on the on the Obligatory Refraction stuff, we're we're pushing ideas back and forth, both lyrics and music, you know, before we before we record our parts. So. Right. Well, when did when do you see that coming uh, to fruition? You know, and not to jinx it, but the idea is that it would happen actually before the um, before the LP. Okay. Um, so that would either be a three or four song, uh, thirty three RPM seven inch. Wow. wow. And um, that's stuff that I've written 
was it November? That's stuff that I wrote. Uh, yeah, early November, I guess. Some things I wrote like two, three weeks ago. Um, and I think I, I think you may have heard one of those. I've heard one of them, yes. Yeah. It's actually kind of a, a pair of songs that are about a similar theme. I don't want to give too much away. Um, but uh, they're, they're, they're short and they go together. So I think they're going to go together on the, on the Sloan Brothers side of that 7-inch. Well, right on, man. Well, is there anybody – where can people – where can our listeners get – what's the best way to get in touch with the Sloan Brothers project and uh, on the on the, uh, on the the international web? The, um, there is a, a website at sloanbrothersmusic.com. And that's one of those things that we'll check between now and when this airs and make sure I got that right. <laughs> but I'm yeah. pretty sure that's where it is. Um, there is a band camp that um, I'm pretty sure is sloanbrothers.bandcamp.com. But I'm going to tell you that real quick. Yes. And uh, that's where all my music is. Music is also on um, all the streaming services. Right on. Right on. Well, man, I want to thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. And uh, when it comes out, everybody needs to check out System Update. Um, it's 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 a record that'll put a mojo on you, man. It's it's badass. So uh, thanks so much, man, for doing this. Thank you, thank you so much. All right, man. How cool was Sloan? Uh, yeah, it was an honor to talk to him, and I, I look forward to all the good music he's gonna be throwing your way. And all the new music he is creating. So uh, that's about our show for tonight. Um, we will see you here next in December. And uh, until then, stay switched on and we'll talk to you soon.